welcome to the FinancialSombrero.com podcast, episode number three, Financial Independence, Retire Early. All right, so for today's podcast, podcast, I'm going to talk about the FIRE movement, which stands for Financial Independence, Retire Early. Um, kind of a brief disclaimer, I'm it's not that I'm critical of the FIRE community, it's just I have some opinions that may not uh, may not fit to a lot of people who are in the FIRE community, so I hope you enjoy it and take this as entertainment value as I am not a financial professional. I'm not licensed to sell or provide advice on the buying and selling of equities, and I'm not a legal professional, but I am a personal finance hobbyist. So the, the FIRE community has been around for, it looks like maybe seven to 10 years. With the last five years, I've seen a lot of movement growth in it. And what this community is, and I actually find it fascinating, Financial Independence Retire Early is a group of people really, I would call it hyper-focused on being frugal, creating a savings and financial plan, and creating the ability to save up um, their retirement income early in their career so they can stop working. And, and I think it's a fascinating thing. And what I really like about it is um, seeing young people, people who are maybe five, 10 years in their career, just having that hyper focus on finding ways to save money, finding ways to invest, and finding ways to learn about personal finances. Um, the, the third of that in terms of order, I would say, is the most interesting thing and the most, the most um, compelling. All right, so how did I find out about the FIRE movement? Well, I I started reading and listening to podcasts from some sort of key personal finance, um, I'll call them pillar team members. So one is called uh, Mr. Money Mustache. There's a website um, with that same name. Another one is called Mad Fientist. Um, And the third one is called Choose FI. Uh, The Choose FI podcast is one that I've listened to for a while, I've almost listened to all of their episodes. And what I like about them is it's two very young guys. They used to be um, in their respective fields. I think one was a pharmacist, one was um, an accountant. So they both had professional careers, and they both figured out a way where they could save up a lot of money and essentially stop working in their professional careers. And they've since started a choosefi.com podcast and business. So they're still working, but they're not working in their respective professional careers. And I think that's great. I think if you can do that at a young age, I I think that's just awesome uh, if you can make that kind of adjustment. Um, Here are some things that I'm going to talk about in this podcast. And I I hope these these thoughts I have are going to give you maybe a different view, maybe even a contrarian view of what the FIRE community is. Because what I've read a lot in the FIRE community seems to be a little bit of the same thing over and over, where whether it's a podcast or an article, it's a very sort of common movement with some sort of key items continually um, brought up and sort of discussed. I'm going to bring up some things that, that maybe I don't agree with or that I don't quite understand. So first off, I'm going to talk about things that I like about the FIRE community, and I've mentioned a few just now. Um, secondly, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I either dislike or just don't understand about the FIRE community. And then thirdly, I'm going to talk about why 
the fire community, in my opinion, may have some sort of age bracket um, associations with it. And what I mean by that is um, if you're someone in your mid-50s, um, you might not have um, some of the same drive and some of the same ideas as someone aiming for an early retirement, let's say, in their mid-20s. So the other way of looking at it is when you're in your mid-50s, if you've done everything right, you are probably pretty close to retirement, especially if you've had a professional career. So um, those are the main topics I'm going to talk about. So let's first talk about what I like. Well, I like reading and listening to podcasts from people who are young. Um, they come from all types of different socioeconomic backgrounds, and they have this, what I call just hyper-focus on their finances. They're really concerned about what they're spending, um, their budgeting, any sort of debt payment they have, um, and they understand their net worth. The whole idea of understanding your assets and your liabilities and the result of that being your assets minus your liabilities, that result being your net worth, I think that's something that should be taught and should be understood at a young age. And I found that a lot of people don't have that understanding. So I, I really like that. And I think that kind of focus, having that um, earlier on is something we all wish we had that focus when we were much younger, maybe when we were in college or um, starting our professional careers. Um, the other thing that I like about it is people in the fire community spend a lot of t time figuring out their spending patterns. They're figuring out their goals. And a lot of them put together what I would call a pretty comprehensive financial plan. I've read um, through the Transamerica um, annual retirement survey that the majority of people in this country just don't have any type of financial plan that is written down. Um, the fire community seems to be the opposite of that. These are people that not only have a plan, they have a plan that they're actually working towards. So um, I, I think that's great. So someone, let's say, in their 20s, hyper-focused on saving and investing and also maintaining drive to reach this end goal of not having to work maybe in their current professional job, I, I think that's great. Um, the other thing that's nice is people in the FAR community, they kind of get the, the purpose, practice, and impact of the banking and sort of consumerism world that we live in. And they're not just easily sort of swayed one way or another, but they do, they do basically understand that we live in a consumer-based society and that the banking system definitely has a place in it, and there's a way to sort of leverage that banking system to your benefit. So I, I think that's great. And then lastly, they're focused on debt and, of course, their finances. All right, so, so some examples of um, what I've heard sort of in a lot of podcasts that I've listened to. So the general sort of, and I'm going to kind of summarize sort of the themes that I hear, and this isn't with every podcast, but um, in a lot of the podcasts, it seems like um, the hyper-focus and the the focus on experiences versus building more assets seems to be a common theme. And those two may sound a little bit contradictory because I just said that you have people who are hyper-focused on savings and on budgeting. But it seems to be a very short-term view of, I want to do this for five or ten more years, and then when I achieve that number, and to be honest, a lot of the numbers that I hear from uh, young people just seem to be way low. They say, oh, when I have $500,000, um, I can live off 4% of that a year, and therefore I'm set for life. So in my view, if you have $400,000 in your 20s, that's great. That, that's a great building block to building that to um, 
one million, two million, three million dollars. But the idea that you could just not work with five hundred thousand dollars in whatever type of um, asset allocation you have, or even rental property, it just doesn't seem that realistic. Secondly, it seems like if you have sort of that short-term view of oh, I want to work really hard for five to ten years, and then I'm I'm not going to work, you're missing sort of the old adage of you know you're going to make your your biggest gains in your in your career um, early on and it's really going to expand into your 30s 40s and 50s so I, I know that seems counter to what a fire person might say but in my experience that's just the way it works you're going to have the ability to make a significant um, significantly more money as you build your profession and build your career and the idea of saying well I'm only going to do this for 10 years um, or 15 years as sort of an end goal, I think misses a lot of the point of of uh, the value of what you can do when you work, especially if you work in a career that you enjoy. All right. Um, what I dislike about fire. Well, maybe it's not so much what I dislike. It's just things things that I maybe don't understand. So one of them is just the extreme frugality and what I call the splitting pennies um, syndrome. So splitting penny syndrome is where I see people just so focused on figuring out, and I'll give an example of, you know, I'm going to spend all this time figuring out how to buy a loaf of bread for 50 cents um, through going through some research and couponing and whatever the effort is, as opposed to paying, you know, a dollar twenty. And this person, let's say, spends 40 hours this week figuring out, and this is just an example. It's it's probably not an accurate example, but it's it I think impressing the point. So a person spends 40 hours figuring out how to save 70 cents on a loaf of bread that they're going to buy twice a month. Would it maybe have been better, and I will argue that it would be, spending those 40 hours figuring out how to grow your wealth, how to um, stack on those skills to your talent stack, learn how to do um, something to do in social media, learn a new programming language, learn whatever the skill is, you know, speaking skills, doesn't really matter. 40 hours spent towards gaining some knowledge or gaining some skills growth that you can apply to either your current job or to a side job. I just think that's a better approach. And I think you're going to get more value out of spending 40 hours and you'll actually make more money uh, spending 40 hours growing your skills and figuring out your profession. You know, how are you going to move up in your profession Maybe it's aligning yourself with other people in your career who are sitting up higher than you and figuring out you know, how you can get to that, to that spot. Or maybe it's figuring out that maybe you need to change careers or change to maybe a competitor to, to move up. So all that time, you know, that takes time figuring out how to manage your career. My view is if you're spending all that time figuring out how to split pennies, that just may not be the right use of your time, and that's not where I would, would want to put my time. The other thing that's interesting is um, the financial independence retirement early community seems to be focused on this very short-term thing for the purpose of having experiences early on in life. And, and I get that. When you're younger, you're going to be healthier. You can travel more. You can experience things differently than when you're older and, you know, let's say you're a senior citizen going on cruise ships. I, I get that, you know, you want to have some experiences now um, while you're young. However, um, 
that overemphasis on those experiences, you're missing out on some key growth opportunities with the capital you have. So you can call it the time value of money, or you can just call it compounding interest. But if you have money now and you're planning on keeping it invested and adding to the equities, rental properties, you know, whatever the investments that you have, if you have a plan of adding those and growing those in your 20s and 30s, and you can at least carry those into your 50s, you're going to grow and expand your overall net worth much better than if you say, well, I'm just going to stop working at 40 and I'm going to live off 4%. Because if you're living off 4% of your total net worth, um, on a, you know, on an average scenario, if the markets, let's say, grow 7%, well, you're really only gaining on average 3% a year. So would you rather gain 3% a year on this large capital uh, set of money that you've built, or would you rather gain 7% per year if it's a if it's a pre-tax investment, it's a little different if it's a post-tax. Either way, I'd rather grow something at a larger volume. I see the time value of money. I've looked at simple spreadsheets and tools that sort of show that future growth. And um, the idea of being just sort of a professional discount frugalista, which is what I would call it, just doesn't appeal to me. Definitely not something I'd want to do. All right, so the other thing is uh, that maybe I don't understand exactly is this you know, expanding versus shrinking your career. So I view expanding your career, expanding your your skills and your talent and finding a way to raise your level of marketability either in your industry or in a new industry. I just view that as very valuable. And when you put effort towards that, you get sort of a direct return of it in your career. Maybe not the first time you do it, but if you continue to doing it, um, you will. The FIRE movement seems to focus on the shrinking of your career. The idea that, well, maybe I could just work, you know, 15 hours a week max, and then I'll have time to do these other experiences, this other travel, etc. So sure, I get that. That sounds great, working a little bit less. But what are you giving up by not having those other 25 hours a week where you can be productive building your assets? So again, this could be a generational thing where I'm someone in my mid-50s, so I have a certain view of it, but I don't understand that. Um, that sort of obsession with the shrinking of the career when it's something that you've just gotten started. All right, and I'm going to talk about a couple things that I clearly don't understand. And that is um, the typical broadcast or podcast, the the kind of the common theme that I keep hearing is um, it's just living off that small nest egg. Um, you know, avoiding going to restaurants, avoiding having an automobile that's that's over a certain price, avoid um, buying new clothes. Um, the example I always hear is, oh, you know, how long will you wear this, the socks with holes in them so you can save more money? So that, that that's just an approach that, I mean, I understand if you want to be frugal and you can save certain ways, but I think what I'm reading about with the fire movement is a lot of people are taking that to the extreme. I don't ever want to wear socks with holes in them I'd rather be able to have a new pair of socks and have multiple pairs of socks. I don't need a case of them, but I'd rather have a couple. And I just don't see the uh, the benefit of, and what I hear from the fire movement is, people want to sort of be proud and show that they have that pair of holy socks. And by doing that, they're going to be able to retire you know, six months early. And perhaps they won't. All right, so another thing <clears throat> that I clearly don't understand is sort of the the 
the the common theme of I'm going to rent forever. I don't ever want to own property. Um, that's something that just doesn't sit well with me. I think if you can work hard and obtain property either as a landlord and or as a primary residence, you, I think you just have a lot more freedom. The fire community sort of indicates that it's the opposite, that when you have a home, the home owns you and you're putting your time and your money on repairs. And that's a bad thing. They say you should just be moving around, perhaps traveling, and you could rent from different people. Well, renting from different people puts you at the mercy of those people. You know, rents can go up. Um, uh, an apartment or house you're renting could be sold. The uh, original landlords could say, well, we're going to move back into it, so you're going to have to move out. I mean, you just don't have that much freedom. I'd rather own my own property and make the decision myself when I want to move and not have someone else sort of above me uh, telling me, well, um, you can live here for this certain amount of time, but you're going to have to leave at that time. So I understand the other side of the coin of that is, well, you could just get up and go and pick up your stuff and go to another country, another place. <clears throat> yes, I, I get that. But overall, that just doesn't sit well with me, the idea that you have other people making decisions about where you're going to live. I want to decide where I want to live. And I want to decide what properties I own, and I want to decide which ones I'm going to rent out, which ones I'm going to live in. I do not want a landlord ever telling me that I have to move out. It's just not something I would ever do. Um, so one of the other things that you hear about um, in the fire community is the geo-arbitrage concept. So this is the idea where you could move to a country or even a city in the U.S. that has a a much less expensive cost of living. And by living in that city, you've now freed up money that you know you, you don't have to put towards rent in in the more expensive coastal city. I see that common theme where the fire community talks about the coastal cities of the US, you know, at least a lot of them um, have very high rents, yet they still say, you know, you're better off having that ability to travel, maybe live in another country and take advantage of that arbitrage situation where you could live you know, very inexpensively and work off your laptop. Well, I, I, I think the problem with that for me is, and I've read about a lot of people who've done this, they've specifically found the least expensive community in perhaps an area that they really didn't want to live in, but they sort of bit the bullet and said, well, we'll make it work. We'll live in this small town here, and even though it's not ideal, and even though it's not, it's not an A community, it's not a B community, maybe it's a C level type community. That's okay. It might be an up and coming community and we can live here instead of having to pay extra money. Um, again, this doesn't sit well with me. I want to live where I want to live and I'm certainly not going to move to a lower cost part of town um, just for the purpose of being able to brag that I only paid this much money for my monthly rent or even a home that I purchased. So again, um, this is a freedom thing, and I like having the freedom of knowing where I'm going to live and the community. I, I choose the community I want to live in, and that's based on where I want to live. Even if it is perhaps a little bit pricey, um, I can find a way to make that work. All right, so um, another thing that I kind of mentioned briefly was the idea that, you know, someone being in their mid-50s might have a different view of fire, and and I get that. I've had I've read a few sort of what they call late, starter fire, people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who've attempted this, but I almost feel like those people have started so late, they're really just figuring out a shorter-term plan to do something that they should have done 
earlier and that the, the majority of the discussion in the fire community is really in the maybe 20 and 30 year olds, the people that sort of made that declaration that says, yes, I'm going to work this much. And when I'm done, I'm going to be able to ride my bike to to handle most of my transportation. I'm going to avoid expanding my family too much. I'm going to avoid purchasing a house. And it just sounds like a lot of it comes from a place of fear. And I, I may be wrong. Um, it may be that it comes from a place of people truly know what they want to do um, when they're 25 years old and they know how they want to spend their time. I can tell you that at 25 years old, I certainly didn't know that and that every career I had sort of brought me new challenges and new opportunities. And I always enjoyed them. I enjoyed moving from company to company. I worked at a lot of startup companies and I received the benefit of being able to move around to different ones. And I never looked at my experiences that I was being controlled or that I wasn't having the ability to have experiences. I, I certainly got to experience um, some great things and I had a great time, which is different than, than I think what a lot of people in the fire community believe. Um, all right, final thoughts. So I think the, the idea of where um, you get your view of money has a lot to do with whether or not the fire community makes sense for you. So um, I'll give you one, one example. So if you come from a family that has immigrated from, let's say, a less politically stable or third world country that maybe has limited resources and a lot of sort of limiting beliefs about self-reliance and upward mobility, then maybe the concept of fire might seem a little foreign to you. Um, I know in my case, I, I've definitely seen that where it seems like so many people have this sort of short-term goal. Um, and if you're someone who is a, a newer immigrant to this country, where your experiences are perhaps in the third world, um, you might look at the U.S. a little bit different and you might see more opportunity for growth than someone perhaps who is here and doesn't have that view of money, but has that more experience-focused um, sort of objective. So I understand, you know, everyone's upbringing is different. Everyone's experiences are different. I'm sort of throwing general um, g general ideas about it. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is I have not seen the fire community really permeate the boomer generation. And that's sort of a, a larger topic about who the boomer generation is and how how they see the fire movement. Um, it is it, it is really good to see young people so focused on finances, saving, and investing. I, I think that's just, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. However, I, I still struggle with a lot of the concepts and themes that I see in the FIRE movement. All right, so with that said, I'm going to wrap up this. Um, thank you for joining me. If you have opinions on the FIRE movement, if you perhaps even have a different opinion of what I think, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached at money at financial sombrero dot com. Please send, any, please send me any feedback you have. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you for listening to financialsombrero.com podcast, episode three.